I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, it's the end of June. The WNBA season's in full swing. So many things are happening, and we're almost at the all-star break slash Olympic break. It's a confusing year, but Rachel and I are here to break it all down for you. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our staff's amazing written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com and remember downloading the episode it makes our stats better your listening experience better and allows us to continue doing this important work rachel H-O-F Galligan. How you doing? <laughs> it's our first time chatting since your birthday. Mm. How do you feel now being older and wiser? I feel so old and it has been a, a fun week. Uh, super excited for um, July and all the stuff coming down the road. Uh, lots to talk about with what's taking place in the season. And yeah, I am full swing right now. Super busy, but but loving every second of it. So last time we spoke, we had James Wade on the show. Well, we've been speaking a lot since then. But last time we publicly <laughs> spoke, we had James Wade on the show. Uh, I believe it was on like Monday mm-hmm. for their game. They end up just routing the New York Liberty. In fact, they've beaten them now twice since then. Yeah. The first game, they won 92-72. to The second game, they won 91-68. So just dominating wins. They continue to be completely undefeated. When Candace Parker is active, is on the active roster and not injured. A few other games I want to catch you up on. The Connecticut Sun, you know, breaking that losing streak that they've been in since John Quell Jones left, beating the Dallas Wings 80 to 70, a nice, uh, important win for that team. As they, you know, it, to be quite frank, and I apologize for anyone if they take this the wrong way, but. This team just needs to stay afloat and stay yeah. within striking distance yep. while JJ's gone, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean. and, and, and we've talked about this. And, and I've I've given them more slack than you, Rachel, mm-hmm. just in regards to, you know, hey, it, is it acceptable for this team to slide as far as they have without John Quell? I've been more forgiving than you have. Um, and also kind of putting more of an asterisk next to the teams that beat them when they get that win. But I'm just curious for you, like, mindset of the Connecticut Sun until John Quill gets back. I think it's, I think it's, you don't want to ever make excuses. You know, this is a team that's fully capable of beating anyone any given night without John Quill Jones. And and I'm sure that's, you know, the mentality and, and what's being talked about of, of, of a team full of just, I mean, a lot of players that um, have been in the system for a while and, um, and I think because of their defensive approach to the game is what gives them a chance. Now, am, am I sitting here saying that anyone in their right mind is is saying, "Oh, you know, we're we're just as good without John Quill Jones"? I, I, I don't. <laughs> I think that that's very obvious, and that's a huge blow. But I mean, I think you said it really, really, really well. Like, stay within striking distance. Keep yourself in good enough position. You may, maybe continue to have some players develop. 
um, during this time as much as possible. But, you know, it is what it is. It sucks not having her, you know, a, a player who arguably is up in MVP, you know, caliber conversations right now, and it changes the entire dynamic of your team. But I, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm always impressed with Connecticut, and it's because of what they can do on the defensive end of the floor um, and just kind of the, the veteran leadership and their backcourt, um, you know, kind of kind of gives them a chance night in and night out. And I think that win over Dallas was was a statement of that. I mean, Dallas is a – that's a high-octane offensive team. We know that. And the, what Connecticut was able to do just solidified exactly what I'm talking about. So staying within striking distance, not just tanking <laughs> during this time, it, it's got to be um, kind of kind of the – they're not talked about it, but I'm sure that's what the mentality is. Yeah, definitely. And then let's move on to another game that happened. Kind of a surpriser, right? Seattle mm-hmm. Storm were, were yeah. just rolling at that point. They lose the game 83-87 to the Washington Mystics. Um, a really interesting matchup there because going into the season, the question mark everybody had around the Seattle Storm was going to be their interior defense. What are they going to do when they lose Natasha Howard, that safety blanket? I'm not afraid to say it publicly. Like, Brianna Stewart has been kind of hidden on defense throughout a lot of her career to, you know, look, when you have a defensive player of the year as your five and you're pairing that with Brianna Stewart, that's just a great safety blanket. They don't have that this season. And it became very apparent in this game where Washington, I mean, shout out to Tina Charles, who's just been on a rip. She drops five assists, 16 rebounds and 34 points in that game. But the play from Leilani Mitchell also sealed that game with 19 points from her. And then on the Storm side, I mean, a struggle from Brianna Stewart. And yes, a struggling night for her is 17 points and eight rebounds, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jewel Lloyd has just continued to just dominate this. I, Jewel Lloyd's season this year is quite ridiculous. And I feel, I don't, I don't know the right word. It's a shame that she's on this team full of, stars who have already accomplished so much because as much as the attention as Jewel Lloyd's gotten this season, I feel like it's not enough for how well she's been playing the clutch mm-hmm. shots and not just the clutch shots, like a buzzer beater here or there. It's just important shots when your team needs important shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I mean, I agree. And this game was interesting. I mean, really dissecting up talk, just talk about a high level game. I mean, just a really, really high level basketball game. I mean, people, everybody was shooting really well. Um, th- th- there was no glaring differences that were like so blatantly obvious. I think Seattle, you know, was a bit more aggressive. I mean, it was they, they won the free throw battle. They were able to get there a little bit more. But I mean, with with the Mystics, like they made shots and, and they made three point shots. <laughs> Finishing with 16 in the game and shooting 42 percent. They shot 38 threes in that game, made 16 of them. So that's 42 percent. I mean, you know, in a game where there's a six possession difference in favor of, of Washington. And it's that close of a game you know, by four points to me, that's the biggest difference. You know, Washington just made a couple more shots and that was the difference because it was just a high level game across the board. There was nothing glaringly different in terms of rebounding numbers. Um, even the assist numbers, turnover numbers were really low. It was just a really high level basketball game. You have to credit the mystics you know, Tina Charles is, has just been absolutely phenomenal, but you know, you talked about Lilani Mitchell, you just talked about, you know, that, that starting five, you know, has a lot of weight on their shoulders right now. And they carried a lot of that uh, burden. They're not a super deep team right now, you know, and, and especially without Natasha cloud, we didn't even make note of that. 
Um, so really, really, really impressive win for Washington. Yeah. And I, and I gotta give credit. Lonnie Mitchell's really stepped up with cloud mm-hmm. being out. Um, you know, that is been a big question guard play in general with the mystics has been a huge question mark for me. Um, and a side note, and I think I brought this up to you, but I don't know if you ever responded watching this season more and more with the mystics. I'm mad. I never got to see, uh, Latoya Sanders and Tina Charles play together. Cause I just think they would be an amazing pairing. It would be like, it, yeah, I, I just think overall that would be a, a pretty ridiculous kind of, a. In a weird way, I would compare it to, you know, the Bree Jones, John Quill Jones pairing of two bigs mm-hmm. that you can, you know, they have their deficiencies, but they kind of make up for each other's deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, deficiencies isn't even the right word because when, you know, if you're really good at something, you're going to focus in on that versus focusing on something else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go over the few rest of the games. Minnesota Lynx going on a nice little run uh, over the past few games um minnesota lynx beat the dream 87 85 important for this team a team that you know lost a few early games off of shots from sabrina a shot from diana tarasi like when we look back at the minnesota lynx i always find myself being extremely hard on them because it's my hometown team so like i always laugh when people go oh you're biased towards lynx yeah but that also has like the other edge of the sword where i'm overly critical about them um, it's important to get close wins when it's a battle like we're like they've been having and when they haven't been hitting shots like we fully expect them to hit shots. Um, but then they, you know, last night, a pretty impressive game against the number two seeded Las Vegas Aces. They win in overtime 90 to 89. Mm-hmm. Just to, uh, they led through most of the game. Sylvia Fowles has just been beasting. I just want to run over. Sylvia Fowles' stats over the last two games. In the game against Atlanta that they won by two, she had 26 points, one assist, and 19 rebounds. But I believe she finished with five blocks. Mm-hmm. And then last night versus the Aces, her her stat line was ridiculous. She had four assists, four steals, four blocks, 14 rebounds, and 30 points. <laughs> yeah, insane. Like, what? Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I... I I messaged some people in the Windsider Slack today, uh, Danny and uh, who was it? Oh, and Mitchell. And I was like, guys, I know this is ridiculous. So call me out on this. But if somehow the Lynx find themselves in a top four seed and Sylvia Fowles is continuing to do this, she's got to have entered herself into the MVP discussion. Now on the flip side, I'm holding off until we have uh Lindsay back on the show to talk about tina charles and the mvp race with her uh because i'll hold that off until we can discuss it with her but just talk to me about what you've seen as a post player to uh you know height in height incline no what what height deficient aria um who can't be a post player talk to me about what you've seen from sylvia files over these past few games she just looks like she's killing it in her prime she and there's a there's a concerted effort. I mean, she's healthy, um, you know. Knock on wood. I, I think you can tell every time down the floor. There's a concerted effort to get the ball to sell every single time, you know. And and and, and guards are ripping it on the perimeter and looking to get inside. I mean, just she's she's playing so efficiently as well. I mean, and that's what you want to have from a big. Um, if, if if you want to enter yourself in those conversations of a of a great post player, you know, you've got to be able 
to shoot it really, really well. And, you know, for this season, let me, let me grab this real quick. So still shooting 30, God, 30, or I'm sorry, 60, I can't even, can't even read, 64% from the field. And so she's, she's playing phenomenally. They say anything over about 52%, you know, is really good. So she's efficient. The touches that she's getting, you can tell that, that again, there's that concerted effort. Um, and she's just, and I brought it up on Twitter. I think it was last night during the game. I'm like, we need to start talking about her being the greatest center in the league, the history of the league. And some people were like, Oh, I'm a Lauren Jackson. And obviously we could debate that on a whole other episode. I think that would be a really great um, discussion, but, but Syl's doing a great job of doing her work before the ball comes in. Um, she's, I think her teammates are doing a phenomenal job of, 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 of really seeking her out and, and, and getting it to her in places where she can be successful. And that that's a credit to the coaching as well. And, um, so that's that's huge. The, the question is with Minnesota, are there players around Sill that can help open up the floor? You know, like last night, Clarendon was able to have a big game with 20 points. That stretches the floor. That takes a little bit of that pressure off of Sill. You've got to have that second, third mm-hmm. scoring um, option for Minnesota if they're going to they're going to be successful. And, you know, like Dantes the other day ended up having a big night um, against the Dream. That was huge to see her kind of come on a little bit. So that's the big question, you know, is, is Syl, if I agree with you, if Syl keeps doing what she's doing and say, you know, the Lynx end up going on a run and say, you know, they, they find themselves close, like I said, in the top four, I don't see why not. I think, I feel like that would absolutely be reasonable. If she continues to play on this level um, and Lynx can kind of get things figured out a little bit more and, and make a deep run. Absolutely. Well, let me just get a few quick points in one. If we're going to talk about Sylvia Fowles and the struggles. Like, all right, first of all, I will say if she wants to win MVP, her free throw shooting is atrocious. She's shooting 68% right now. That's well below her career average. It's not what I expect from Sylvia Fowles at all. She should be 70 plus no matter what, if not higher, honestly. Um, That being said, what she's been able to do and, and talking about whether like getting her in position the thing that I noticed over the past few seasons was still, yes, she only played seven in 2020, all 34 in 2019 and in 2018, 34. The thing that I noticed after the dynasty team broke up was these players clearly didn't have that same feel repertoire, whatever you want to call it, that the past players had just in feeding her the ball, positioning the passes mm-hmm. to her, putting them in spots where only Sill can get it and the defender can't. I have lost track of how many times over the last few seasons I've watched just horrible feeds to her. The ball goes, it's way overthrown. It goes out of bounds. It's too low. It's the defender steals it. Like that to me has been such an underrated aspect that I've been watching over the past few games. And honestly, I think that's a huge element to it is their ability to feed her the ball where she wants it and put it away from the defender has Mm -hmm. given her the ability to be more active in these recent games. And I think that's been a huge reason why we've seen this team succeed and get the W's recently. Um, The other thing that I do want to say is to the debate of her being greatest of all time, uh, being the best center of all time, uh, as Cheryl Reeve said, in my mind, Lauren Jackson is a great, but she's not the greatest of all time, right? It's between Mm -hmm. Lisa Leslie and Sylvia Fowles, and we do need to do an episode on it. And I almost think that the way Sylvia Fowles plays, she makes it look too effortlessly. And that ends up affecting people's perception of what she does. Because mm-hmm. when it looks easy, right? Like, 
you don't have that internal like, wow, Syl just did something ridiculous mm-hmm. in the same sense. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think you're crazy. I, I'm just, I don't yeah, really I, I just had to get you on air saying you don't <laughs> think I'm crazy. Uh, then let's talk about it. The Mystics then go to LA. And again, the Mystics, they're beat. They're exhausted. They got seven p- active players on the roster. I think mm-hmm. I just saw Stella Johnson's back maybe. Uh, and so now they have eight players, something like that. Pretty ridiculous. They fall to the Sparks 89-82, a battle of a game going back and forth, and the Sparks just able to pull it away late in the game. Really, really important win for the Sparks and kind of, you know, a a tough loss for the Mystics for everything we just spoke about. Uh, And just to recap, the one other game that we missed, the Wings beat the Fever 89-64. Looking forward, what, Rachel, before we end this episode, What's your mindset as a coach and slash as a player with just a few games to go before the all-star slash Olympic break? Yeah, I mean, it's this is a this is a really critical stretch, right? It's like one one big push before there some people get a little bit of a break. And and I think today, as we're actually games are literally starting right now as we're recording, uh, I think it's gonna be important for the Mystics to try find themselves in the win column today. Um, I mean, everybody, that, that's what, that's what you're trying to do, right? Just like steal one more win. Uh, I think New York is in a really vulnerable position right now where you're not feeling super great. You, you know, you, you've lost two in a row. You're, you're slipping down the standings. That hype isn't there. You're trying to feel better about yourself and just kind of continuing to grow a little bit more, you know, and then take some time during that break to fine tune a few more things. Same thing, you know, Chicago sky and Connecticut sun. That's going to be a hell of a battle on Sunday. Um, obviously this guy we've talked about franchise record seven wins in a row, but anytime you're playing Connecticut, it's going to be tough. I don't have to continue to talk about that. And then, I mean, Sunday, Seattle storm, Las Vegas aces on ESPN. I mean, that that's a, I mean, obviously a high level game. So right now I think all, and I could continue to go down the road and talk, um, between Phoenix and LA and, and just, again, trying to feel better about yourself. But I think with everyone, it's, it's, getting through this final stretch. It's a big week. The focus is still one game at a time. It's, it's staying healthy, getting healthy, um, fine tuning those things and, and feeling good about yourself going to the break. It, the last thing you want to do is be limping into this thing by any stretch. And, and that's difficult and it's going to happen with some of the teams. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I, I just want to echo everything you said. I do also want to do a shameless plug. If you haven't already go to YouTube and just search Winsider Film Room. We have entered season two. Woo-hoo! Our first guest of the season was Benijah Laney. Shout out to the whole Winsider staff working together to make it happen, but also to get the edits and the graphics looking so fly. Well, so- but yeah, Winsider Film Room on YouTube. It's amazing. I believe this episode is just around the 30 minute mark. And it's just a really fun episode. We we bring players on. We literally show them game tape of their own game from this season. And we have them talk us through it. What were you seeing? What, you know, what was the scouting report that, that made you realize that that would be a good shot Mm -hmm. to take or that your other teammate was going to have an advantage? Like what's going on? Why, why did you have the confidence to make this move? What's going through your mind Mm -hmm. uh, when you did this pass? Things like that. In my opinion, as a plebeian, I just think it is a really cool way to get a just a glimpse, a little window into the mind of these amazing, amazing basketball players and people. And yeah, we do some fun rapid fire questions. We get to know the players also, as we always do. But 
truly, if you are a fan of the WNBA and you want to learn more about these players and what makes them tick, what makes them go off, you know, what, which hand they prefer to lay up with or shoot with, or what corner do they want to hit their shot when they're feeling it? Um, I, I, not to pat, pat ourselves on the back, Rachel, but I think we're the only ones doing this type of thing. And I think I'd like to see at least more people do something similar because, hey, I, I just think it's really cool. What do you think? I agree. Just say ditto. I agree. It's it's a super it's a super fun experience uh, to 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 kind of get into the minds in a different way. And as we continue to get reps on it and and build it ourselves and continue to to make it a better thing, it's definitely been a lot of fun. And again, I just want to echo shout out to the Windsider staff who just I mean it just blew me away when I when I checked out the finished product. It was it was so exciting for me. So yeah, make sure you guys check it out. And don't forget to uh, say thank you, or I'll say thank you. To all the PR people, you know, the PR people and the players who do the interviews. We appreciate you. Yep. Thank you. 